Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rolling on into hour two of the Tailgate Show. Spencer German with you. I'll be here until, well, I'm here for a while longer, but I, I, I'm, I'm by myself until 1 o'clock. Jonathan Peterlin will join me then, and he'll lead you up to kick off with me alongside for a couple hours. Then we welcome in Kent Carmen as well for the final hour. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Big one today for the Browns. We're looking forward to it. Lot uh, They're trying to keep the win streak alive and obviously go out to Seattle, come back with a win, which is tough to do. Very, very tough to do um, in terms of taking a West Coast trip and then finding a way to win that game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big one. It's, it's a big one, but it's not a big one. And I've kind of already admitted, like I'm, I've had a tough time with this game, just trying to figure out what direction I'm going to go in terms of a pick, because I could see it going either way. I don't trust uh, PJ Walker all that much running this offense, but I don't think that Seattle's defense is otherworldly where I think the Browns can do some things. I also don't trust the, I, I trust Seattle not to make the big mistakes. But with Geno Smith, but at the same time, I trust the Browns' defense to force some turnovers and shut some things down when when they need to and put the clamps on to prevent Seattle from maybe running away with this one. So I've I've gone back and forth on it, 216-474-992. How are you feeling about this game around town as you get yourself ready for kickoff later than usual, a later start to the day? Maybe some people, though, up early doing their tailgating anyway, just at home or I don't know. Maybe you uh, keep with tradition and just go go tailgate somewhere anyway around town and get together with your friends and you have a little extra time to do so. But whatever your game day traditions may be, we appreciate you welcoming us in to be part of your pregame festivities. I do want to give you the latest on our kickoff conditions, which are brought to you by Classic Chevy of Menor. I like to throw out the Cleveland weather, even though the game is obviously not being played in Cleveland. And here in Cleveland right now, downtown Cleveland, it is around 51 degrees and cloudy. As the day goes on here, rain expected to pick up. By the When they kick off around four, there's like a 15 to 20% chance by the time the game ends, it's sh- there's there's upwards of like a 30 to 40 to 50% chance of showers. So rain in the forecast here. The nice thing in Seattle is it's similar temperature-wise, 
Although right now, just a brisk 34 degrees at 8, at 8 o'clock in the morning out there. But by the time they kick things off their time at 1 o'clock, it's going to be 49 degrees, 50 degrees, and sunny. Not a, not a raindrop in sight out in Seattle tonight or today. And obviously that bodes well for keeping things a little cleaner. You're not going to have one of those mucky games like you had in week one where the Browns obviously came away with a win, but it wasn't pretty getting there. And so we'll see what all that means for the matchup here today, but should be beautiful weather, should be beautiful skies. And both these teams will be playing underneath just a a bright and sunny day. So there's your your kickoff conditions. I do want to get to real quick here. I, I like to throw this in every week as much as I can our quote of the week. And this week, as we pivot to talking about Miles Garrett and the defense, I want to play his commentary when he was asked this week about buying an ownership stake in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here's what he had to say. I mean, I'm not going to sell my house and pack up and leave. I definitely plan to to be here for a long time. And I know I'll start a family here. And I'm not just going to rip and run once things are over and I hang up the cleats. So I plan to be here supporting the Cavs, supporting the Browns for a mighty long time. So hear me out on this. And this is just my galaxy brain in in work here. Or, or, or the gears turning, if you will. Because, listen, we, we've talked on this station. I'm sure fans have talked about it. Like, there was the shots last year after key losses, like the, the loss to Buffalo and Detroit and some other games throughout the season where you the, the camera would just flash to, and no, no pun intended because his Twitter handles Flash Garrett, but no pun intended, the, the camera would flash over to Miles Garrett and you would see a guy who was like despondent sitting on the bench with his, with his face in his hands or just kind of staring off into the abyss. And just the, the, it was the sign. We all know that, 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 that look when we see it. It is the look of just absolute frustration from a guy who is wasting away his prime years of football as one of the best players in the game. Easily one of the best pass rushers in the game, if not the best. Going to go down as one of the best pass rushers probably of all time when it's all said and done, he hangs up the cleats. Like, this is this is the type of talent that Miles Garrett is. It, it's, it's, it's the type of talent where you get bored talking about Patrick Mahomes winning MVPs because he's uh, he's so good consistently. Same sort of thing applies. Like, if Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year this year, It'll just become stale because we're like, oh, we saw him do it already. Give it to somebody else because it's Miles Garrett. And you know what you're going to get from him every single game. That guy is electric. But as we saw these these pictures of him and we saw these these videos of him and he looked frustrated with the the, the direction of the organization and the results on the field. You know this is true for you too. Don't act like this is just me who thought this. You know that it crossed your mind. Great, Miles once out of Cleveland. This guy doesn't want to be here anymore. He knows he's wasting away here. He's going to ask for a trade because he wants to go win. He wants to go win Super Bowls. My very first thought when I saw Miles was investing in the Cavaliers and buying a stake in the team was, well, first I thought it was a cool move and and makes sense for a guy who obviously he wears his basketball love and heart on his sleeve Um, and, and, I think it's cool that he's doing that and investing back in the community and investing back here in Cleveland. But beyond that, I took it to the next level where it kind of hit me. 
Yeah, we've talked about the idea or the possibility that he leaves Cleveland at some point. But this feels like it's as close to a commitment as you're going to get in pro sports these days that a guy is willing to see things through and isn't just going to jump ship. Because the, nothing's guaranteed. The Browns could decide as Miles Garrett gets older and, I don't know, knock on wood, he he has some serious injury or something. Like, as, he's, as, as the wear and tear sort of takes its toll, like it does with every player eventually, maybe they would decide, like, yeah, we don't want to keep investing in Miles Garrett. It's not worth it to us, and, and we're going to part ways. Maybe he would decide he wants to go chase Super Bowls, and, and he would still have some, some roots here, it seems like, from this investment and other things that he said and just other things that he's done. But my, but I, but I, it truly crossed my mind, like a guy who's doing that, a guy who's investing in a local team this way and has other things that he does in the community and then makes the comments that you heard there where he talks about, I'm not just going to cut and run the first chance I get. It makes me feel like he sees the long-term benefit of, of being here and building a legacy here and, and not just going and chasing rings somewhere else. And so that gave me some belief that maybe we could see Miles Garrett longer term than even we thought initially. His current contract goes to 2026 and that I'm not as maybe worried about the, is he just going to leave to go chase rings somewhere else? And that could still very much happen. But in this frame and in, in this moment in time, after some of the things that played out this week with, with this decision and with this move, I felt a little bit better about it. Like, like this feels like a guy who is looking around and seeing the good that LeBron James has done in the community and the legacy that he's had here, even though he left and how he's adored being from Northeast Ohio. And the same thing with Joe Thomas, who's a guy who made the same decision that we're alluding to here. Hey, I could have gone elsewhere. He's openly talked about how Peyton Manning tried to recruit him to come join him in, in Denver and chase a Super Bowl there, but he wanted to see it through in Cleveland. He wanted to try his damnedest to win here in Cleveland. And look how we view Joe Thomas. That guy is adored. If he walked out in the streets of Cleveland right now, he would have a mob of people following him, and we'd want to give him the, a, a key to the city. Like, like that guy's he, – he is a Cleveland icon. And he was just obviously enshrined in the Hall of Fame this summer, and it put the cherry on top of it all for him. So I, I think Miles at this point in his career – and it's funny how this works because Miles is the guy. This is the same guy – who shot a video prior to the draft in 2017 begging Jerry Jones to come up and trade for him because he's from Texas and he wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And I can get that. It's the icon of it all. But it seems like in, in, the, later, in, the, in the latter years of his career, Harris, he's gotten older and wiser and, and established a career and, and, and established roots here. I think he clearly sees the importance of being somewhere, building a legacy, and the mark that he can leave. And that's big. When you're talking about guys' futures and whether or not they want to stay somewhere, seeing the value in where you're at and the city that you're at, I think is is uh, it, it was a good sign and a good step in the right direction. Uh, 216-474-0092 if you want to jump in. Speaking of Miles, that leads us nicely to our hard-working matchup brought to you by Kelly and Ferraro Trial Lawyers for the Working Class. And with our hardworking matchup, I want to focus and, and hone in on Miles Garrett, who's coming off of, like we said last week, arguably the best game of his career. Two strip sacks, at least the best half of his career. One that led directly to a touchdown, one that set up the offense with a short field. Uh, he was all over the field. He was blo- He blocked a field goal. 
he tipped a pass late in that game when the when the Colts were trying to establish some 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 momentum. Dude was everywhere. It was the when you watch T.J. Watt and you have fans clamoring like, "Where's Miles Garrett? Why doesn't he do this in games?" Miles Garrett gave you one of those performances, and he's still as impactful when he's not doing that. But he was a he was a man amongst boys, and today he's got favorable matchups against Stone, Forsyth, and Charlie Cross. The tackles for Seattle, who are not very highly graded on PFF in terms of their run and pass blocking. Highest for cross this season is a 66 in run block or 67 in run blocking and a, uh, and an 87 in pass blocking. And that was way back in week one, and he missed a couple weeks. Now, Stone better as a pass blocker than a run blocker, but his overall grade, 61.3 for the season, whereas uh, cross for the season, 64.7. These are favorable matches for Miles Garrett. Chance for him to really wreak havoc today. I want to see how they play him. You're assuming the tight end's going to get involved, but that didn't stop him last week in Indy. So that is your hardworking matchup again, brought to you by Kelly and Ferraro. Try lawyers for the working class. Miles Garrett could feast today against these tackles, folks. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how Seattle attacks them, but even if you, you throw your best at him, it usually doesn't bow well because that guy's just a freak. Let's take a break. When we get back, Howard, we'll get to you. We'll get to other callers. As we, t- we continue talking about this matchup, Browns and Seahawks, I want us to focus on the run game when we get back on the fan. Welcome back in. We'll get to your calls here momentarily. Counting you down to kickoff. Browns, Seahawks, 405 kickoff today. It's a little weird being at uh, 1120 and realizing we still got a ways to go before this game gets started. Looking forward to jumping in with JP. He joins us around 1. To bring to bring us up the final three hours to kick off, and and him and I will give you a, you know live updates from some of these games going on, and we'll have plenty to talk about as we we get inch closer and closer and closer here to Brown Seahawks on ninety two three the fan. Uh, in the meantime, we got some other logistics to get to. We'll get to some of the stuff coming up. I did tease it, and I, I got to get back to it because double and double A and I talked about it last week, and I think it's worth bringing up again as we close in on the trade deadline, just two days out from today is the trade deadline, and folks, there are rumors aplenty about the Browns seeking out trade options. Mary Kay Cabot's reported it. Uh, There's been others. Uh, The national pundits have reported that they're making calls, and Andrew Barry's on the phone, working the phones, trying to see what interest is out there in certain players. There's a couple different areas they could address. Maybe left tackle. Granted, Jedrick Will's coming off of back-to-back games where he played better Still, uh, still, I think, a work in progress, and we're still learning about him as a player, which is, I think, concerning in its own right. But last two games have been better. Uh, I think quarterback's on the table. This defense is too good to waste, man. Maybe running back's on the table. Granted, the, the big fish of the running back market, Derrick Henry, was apparently told by the Titans that they're not going to... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Trade them in the next couple days, but those things can change pretty quickly depending on what somebody might bring to the table and offer. Um, so would you be willing to make a trade and use maybe a defensive player as part of a package if it behooved the Browns to get somebody in here, whether it was a quarterback or running back or something else on the offensive side of the ball to help this team moving forward? I know when we talked last week, I kind of mentioned a double A, like, yeah, there might be some positions I'd be willing to give up. In an ideal world, no. I, I can't give up defensive linemen. I'd like to just be able to use picks or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, th- this this team is too good to not be trying to go all in. And, and yeah, the defense will get you far. But if you, if you know you need a little bit extra something on offense, I'd be willing to move on from maybe, a, maybe not a full-fledged key member of the defense, which you could argue that maybe that's everybody, but I'm talking like the big names. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, obviously. Nobody on the defensive line, I don't think. Maybe, I mean, eh, maybe Obo Okoronkwo, but no, probably not. I think what I'm trying to get at is like maybe a secondary guy or that isn't Denzel Ward. But even then, it's like MJ Emerson ain't getting moved. He's too young. Greg Newsom's in a contract year. Maybe that's one you could, you could, get, you could get away with. I'd be willing to do it if it was for the right player and it was the right need and it, and, it, and you knew that it put the Browns in a better position on the offensive side of things to make a run with this defense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant because of how good the defense is playing. And there's obviously the hope that when Deshaun Watson gets back, he's the guy that you you invested in and that hopefully that uh, that pays dividends for you once he's back out on the field, and, and that's where you maybe get better just naturally. At, at 216-474-992, I was just about to get to Howard. He jumped off here. So uh, we'll keep it moving then in that case. Around the North, brought to you by True North Convenience Stores, fast, friendly, clean, True North Convenience Stores. Uh, guys, I mentioned it earlier, but it is basically the AFC North takes the West Coast today. You know that the Browns are obviously taking on the Seahawks in, in their matchup. But beyond that, you have two other 4 o'clock kickoffs or 4, p, 4 o'clock hour kickoffs with the Bengals visiting the 49ers and the Ravens visiting the Cardinals. And the only 1 o'clock game today in this division, the Jaguars at the Steelers. We mentioned all these games, obviously, in our pick six segment. So, so here's the thing. This division right now, I I think there is a case to be made that it is the toughest division in the sport at the moment. Like, truly. Truly, wholeheartedly the toughest division in the sport at the moment because you have four teams that are all 500 and better. And I don't know. Actually, I'm looking right now. Yeah, there's another division. There's not another division that can claim that at the moment. And you have a, a... they're all basically within like one loss of each other or one one win of each other. Like the Ravens are five and two. Steelers and Browns are essentially a half game out because, well, the Browns lost to them, so the Ravens have that tiebreaker, even if the Browns did win one. But the Steelers beat the Ravens, so they're technically a half game out of them being four and two and just a game back. But like they're all kind of clustered together at the moment. 
And this is the point in the season where, listen, you're in week eight. You're starting to fit. You're starting to try to figure out the haves versus the have nots who is for real and who isn't. And yeah, like, like you want the Browns to be that team that starts to separate itself. It's, it's part of the reason why not having Deshaun Watson is a little bit of a concern, even though you, you want to prioritize having him late in the season, because you do want to also keep pace with the Ravens and the Steelers of the world during the stretch, even if you lose to a couple of NFC teams, not the end of the world, but you still are trying to go out and be competitive and win these games because you are in the midst of what is a very, very tough division at the moment. And it's a dogfight. So, uh, yeah, like this is where that, that turn kind of happens. And I, I'm going to be honest, guys, like after watching the Ravens last week, where their offense was finally clicking, Deshaun put up a, a whole bunch of numbers. I think he had to over 300 yards passing. He did have over 300 yards passing. Two touchdown passes. Things were really working for them finally after sort of a feeling out period through the first uh, six games of the season. If they are now rolling and, and, and firing all cylinders, that's not great for the Browns because the Browns are in a situation where they're still sort of lagging behind at the moment offensively because Deshaun's not out there. And there's questions about when Deshaun even gets back, what his game looks like. We talked about rust with him so much since he returned for those final six games last year and into, into the start of this season, it finally looked like he was turning the corner. And now is there going to be more rust when he finally gets back out there? Cause you can't afford to lose a lot of ground on these teams, especially when you know that game, that second game with the Ravens is going to mean a lot. Cause you lost to him already in a game that you really had no chance in once DTR was starting. Like that's a big one. It's a very, very big game. It's good that Deshaun is projected to be back by then. But again, if Russ is an issue still for him, what's that mean for that matchup? You got the Steelers right after it. They're still in the thick of this thing. I keep I keep telling myself, and today might be the day it happens because the Jaguars are a good team. Granted, you can't underestimate the power of, of Mike Tomlin's voodoo magic. But this might be the day where it starts to, the median, everything kind of comes back to the median in the end is, is, is how the saying kind of goes. And for Pittsburgh, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop where it's like, same thing I said about the Browns in this matchup with Seattle today. You have a quarterback and an offensive situation that you don't really trust and you don't really believe in. And that's how you, I think that's how a lot of people feel about the Steelers. You don't trust them. You don't feel good about it. They find ways to win somehow, some way. But it's today the day that happens against the Jags and they start to kind of come back down to earth, we'll see. Maybe there is no coming back down to earth for a Mike Tomlin-led team. But I just keep waiting for that to happen and for the Steelers to kind of sink to the bottom of the division here, and it hasn't happened yet. They're still ahead of the Browns because of the win against them and still very much fighting uh, for the, the, the top spot. And then you have the Bengals who, guys, I, I'm deathly afraid of Joe Burrow becoming Joe Burrow again. There's no other way to put it. Like if he if if they've weathered the storm to be three and three now on the season, and Joe Burrow coming out of the bye week is healthy, he feels good, he's playing, he's out there throwing it and really slinging it. Ah, uh, that makes me a little bit nervous. That makes me a little bit nervous that he could get back to form 
and that the Bengals could just kind of take off from here, leap the Browns, leap some of these other teams, the Steelers, the Ravens potentially, and take this division yet again. We'll see if it happens. But in a division where you don't really have, you want to be able to eliminate somebody. You want to be able to sit here and say, like, oh, the Bengals are out of it. They got no chance. Good. We one less team to worry about. But we can't do that right now. And that's why, even though Deshaun's not playing, and it's probably the right move to give him rest. And even though the Browns are 4-2 and two, and right in the thick of this thing, and you can afford some of this time with him away and try to just kind of figure it out against some inferior uh, NFC opponents. You still want these wins on your resume because you're trying to stay in this division, in this division race. 216-474-0092. At Spencito underscore on Twitter if you want to jump in on anything we've talked about so far today. We hit on Miles and his future and, and his plans, obviously, investing in Cleveland long-term. Um, We've talked about some... We've talked about some other aspects of this game and just how we're feeling about it with the an offense that isn't necessarily a juggernaut in Seattle, but that can still do some good things. And as Geno Smith calling the shots and, and has a solid run game and why it's made me a little bit wishy-washy on, on where I'm going with this game. We've also talked about Jerome Ford and his status for this game. And I want to go there again next because, guys, even without Nick Chubb, the run game has continued to be the Browns' bread and butter. And it's kind of surprising to see that they're still tops in the league in terms of using that ground game to their advantage. If Jerome Ford isn't out there today, it's a blow to that. And I think that honestly might be one of the biggest keys to where my head is at with this, with this matchup is, is Jerome Ford going to play and how effective is he going to be versus... If you don't have him, what's your run game look like with just Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong? Because I think it's worked as kind of a two-headed monster to this point with Kareem and with uh, Jerome Ford. But I think there's still some... Uh, I think you're still waiting. But but I think without Jerome Ford, you're missing something. You're missing a little bit of that pop as we've seen. He's broken off some big ones this year. And I think there's uh, it, 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 it's, it's a loss. If you don't have Jerome for today in a game where you're going to have to count on your run game because you don't want to have to lean too much on P.J. Walker, you're hoping you can get that thing going, and, and he's going to be an important piece of that. We'll talk about it more next. 216-474-0092 if you want to jump in. It's the Bud Light Tailgate Show rolling right along here on your radio home with the Cleveland Browns, 92.3 The Fan. Uh, guys, as we continue on here, I do want to talk about the, the Browns run game a little bit because it has been surprisingly effective, even in the absence of Nick Chubb, they are averaging 147 yards per game on the ground. Jerome Ford has... 344 of those yards for four-point yards per carry on average. And he has the two big scores, which are both, ironically, of 69-yard runs. And then you add in Kareem Hunt, who has 32 carries for 103 yards. He's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry, but he's got the three touchdowns, including two last week against Indianapolis in the walk-off one. I I mean, listen, I've, I've been impressed by it's funny how these things kind of happen right because when you lose Nick Chubb it felt like sky is falling season's over might as well pack it up but 
the Browns have found a way to still make that an important part of their offense kind of by it's, it's a survival mode type thing. Like they have to find a way to effectively run the football because they know they're limited at the quarterback position at the moment, given that PJ Walker is out there under center and they have to find ways. They have to find other, other means to win. And so they know they're a good running team. They have found something, I think, a nice kind of two-headed monster, if you will, with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. They balance each other out pretty well, and it's worked. I've been impressed by that, and I do think that that is going to be a key factor today because both these teams like to run the football. Seattle is averaging 106 yards per game. Both these figures for rushing yards per game average are in the top 10 in the NFL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So, both these teams want to establish the run. They want to be able to use that as the the focal point of their offense. And whichever team does that better today, I think is going to have a a, a better, have more success um, in the in the game and, and get the win. I I. And I, I want to apologize. Seattle's yards per game average is not top 10. But their yards on the season average are top 10. So we know what they want to do. They want to give the football to Kenneth Walker. They want to establish the run, much like the Browns have this year. And they want to be able to work the clock and win that the, the game kind of ugly that way and take some of the pressure off of Geno Smith where then he can go out and do some nice things when he needs to, but that, that's, their, that's their game plan. It's very much similar styles here between these two teams today, and it's why it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. Now, on the flip side of that, Seattle is also very good at stopping the run. They have a top-10 defense in terms of stopping the run, giving up 87.2 yards per game on the ground. Cleveland just behind them, 93.8. So this is why this matchup for me has been hard to sort of decipher and, 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 and figure out where I'm leaning in terms of a pick because it feels like two teams that are kind of in similar situations. Offenses are fine. They get the job done. Their defenses are different in that Cleveland's is, I think, world's better than Seattle other than maybe it's stopping the run where they're both about the same. Um but they kind of want to win the same way with tough defense and running the football right now. And I don't know if I trust PJ Walker to keep doing what he's doing and, and, and win football games for this Browns team. It's, it's a complicated situation right now for Cleveland. And I'm, I'm having a hard time deciphering it because of that. But, but that's certainly what you're going to expect to see today is two teams that want to play similar styles of football to try to get the job done and try to win. And it'll be certainly a fun one to watch play out because of that fact. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm having a hard time as I go back and forth on it all week, figuring out 
which way I'm leaning. Because on one hand, I don't think the magic can just keep happening where P.J. Walker throws you two picks and you find a way to win. But on the other hand, the Browns' defense is good enough that they can win that way. And again, it's not like the Seahawks scare me offensively. I'm just envisioning a very low-scoring game where the team that runs the ball maybe better ekes out the win. Let's go to Howard. Uh, he wants to jump in on this matchup today. What's going on, Howard? I, I felt the, the same way on this, Spencer, as far as, you know, usually when you come out of a game on uh, Monday or Tuesday, you kind of, you know, looking at your thoughts are pretty solidified by the, follow, you know, by the following Sunday. But I'm the same way. I've been going back and forth, back and forth. Um, I did, you know, I did look at it, though, as um, these games are becoming, I hate to say it, I mean, we're, we're you know, going into week seven. Um, I, I hate, just hate to say it, or, you know, as far as win-loss goes, but every game's now feeling like must-win, especially with this division so tight. It's almost like must-win. You're thinking, okay, going into our seventh game, it's really not must-win. With five games left, six games left, maybe, but with 10 games left, they don't, you know, just mentally yeah. think it's a must win. But almost every week now, it's a must win situation. And, you know, with the um, Ravens, you know, I, I don't see Ravens are like almost a 10 point favorite. I don't, I don't see them yeah. losing today. And you got to keep up with them. And then you got tied with Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I'm, I think Pittsburgh's going to eat out a win today. I'm thinking Cincinnati's going to lose. But even if all the rest of the North wins and you lose, it's going to change things come Monday. It really is. So, yeah, it's, just, it's a good point, Howard, because normally at four and two, you'd feel a little bit better about things and you'd be like, OK, right. they won't have Deshaun Watson for a couple games. But like, hey, maybe the Browns at four and two in a, in a hypothetical situation, like you're second in the division and the other teams behind you right. are a couple losses behind. Like, OK, you, you have some breathing yeah. room, but you're right. Like in, in this in this instance, they don't have that breathing room. They, they're right in the you're thick jam- of it with all these teams. Yeah. It's like five o'clock rush hour, man. You're jammed up <laughs> and you're looking for a, you're looking for, a you know, an opening. Yeah. But. Um, I'm talking to other, other, you know, individuals too. And um, a lot of people are just, you know, down a little bit on the team. And, and I have other people telling me, well, we, we got past San Francisco. We're on the easy part of our schedule. And I said, remember last year was supposed to be the beginning of the schedule was supposed to be really easy and it didn't work yeah. out so well. So to even say, you know, there's nothing easy in the NFL. No. It just isn't. Absolutely so not. you got to I mean, take each game. You got to put down the statistics. You got to do the matchups, injuries, and, and then call it a day. But I do say, and forgive me, and Browns fans, I had to take uh, Seattle giving up the three. I, and I just had to. Okay. So. All right, Howard. Appreciate the comment. Appreciate your uh, your input on and outlook on the game and your little prediction there at the end. Yeah, listen, he brings up a good point about just the division being so tight. Uh, he brings up a good point about it's the NFL, and, and that's the other part of this. Like, yeah, you can look at the schedule and say Seattle – not that big of a challenge. They should win that one. And if Deshaun Watson was playing, I would feel that way. And they, they, they could still lose regardless, like if he was playing at peak Deshaun Watson, um, because it is the NFL. We see it week to week, man. Like, how the hell did the Bills with that team, Super Bowl contender and all that, lose to the anemic Patriots last week? It makes no sense. Some of this stuff is just unexplainable. And that's why, and we've, listen. You guys have seen enough Browns, bad Browns losses against teams that they shouldn't lose to over the years to to not go into a game like today and just think, ah, it's the Seahawks. Our defense is good enough. We'll win. Like, no, it, it, it's not going to be that easy. Um, I do need to get to – I, I want to get to more of your calls. I will do that on the other side, uh, although we do have Daryl. So let me squeeze you in here. Hold on. BP, real quick, man, what you got? Hey, Spencer, how you doing today, man? Good, man. What's up? Uh, well – 
you know, before the season started, uh, I actually thought this game was going to be a loss for the Browns. That was at full strength, you know, with Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson and, you know, all the other guys that are out. So I actually, I think it's going to be tough to win this game, but, you know, maybe they can squeak out a win somehow with the defense and with the field goal kicking and maybe like another week of PJ Walker being, you know, getting all the reps in practice. Maybe that'll help us too. You know, if they, but they yep. have, the Browns, the Browns have to hit almost on all cylinders to win this game. I don't expect them to win, but it's possible. If like Najoku has a good game or, you know, if they, you know what I mean? Or if well, uh, Mari Cooper and, and, and BP, I apologize, man. I had to keep it short because we're up against it, but I, like to your point, yeah, of, of course, not at full strength. That's not a good sign, but we've seen this team win and not, I guess not doing everything perfectly or, or right because P.J. Walker's been at times just absolutely garbage, but they've found ways to win regardless. Like, yeah, we've seen them still figure it out even with the circumstances, so of course it can happen again. And against the Seahawks, like of the three teams they've played during the stretch without Deshaun, Baltimore, uh, San Francisco, and Indy, you feel like Indy in this game are the ones where like, okay, you can win without Deshaun in those games, and, and they actually won one of the ones that you wouldn't think they had a chance in against San Francisco. So, yeah, I, I, I think it, it's a fair point, um, but I, I, I'm with you. Like, it, it's why it makes it hard because it, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I think that's just kind of the nature of covering this team and being around this team and being a fan of this team. All right, I do need to get to our fantasy football update brought to you by Collision Bend, where expertly crafted food and beer collide. Some updates. If you if you want to talk specifically about the Browns game, I think it's always a safe bet to play the Browns defense. They are pretty much a surefire get you something. I mean, I don't know what the points looked like last week for them, but when you score a touchdown, you get all the turnovers you got forced by Miles Garrett. I got to think they still ended up in the green at the end when it was all said and done. And you're going up against an offense in in, in uh, Seattle that you shouldn't necessarily be worried about. Uh, you also have Tyler Lockett, who's expected to play today in that matchup. Zach Moss going through pregame warmups. We'll see if he plays for the Colts today. And also, you heard that note from McKenzie in the update. Patrick Mahomes dealing with an illness, expected to play today. But with the weather there and that, you wonder if that hinders the Chiefs maybe even a little bit. We're getting to get it like a Patrick Mahomes flu game situation going on, it seems like here. So we'll see. But some things to keep in mind as you set your fantasy football lineups here this morning. Again, fantasy football update brought to you by Collision Ben, where expertly crafted food and beer collide. Let's take a break. When we get back, we check in with our Browns beat reporter. He is out in Seattle as we speak. Getting you ready for Browns and Seahawks here on 92 Through the Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.